going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. If you guys haven't already hit that like button, comment, and subscribe, turn on the notification button so you get notified when a live stream pops video drops. We are also available on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and all the other platforms, and on social media, available on Twitter and Instagram. So, uh, just some schedule updates for you guys. I'll try to get some roster bubble videos out this week. Um, probably more than I expect to because obviously in a week or so they'll be cutting down the rosters and Boys and Big Apple returns to Mondays so which means tonight we will have a podcast a lot of NFL to discuss some MLB and other topics like that so uh, with that being said the Giants lost to the Cleveland Browns 17-13 to um, in a preseason game at 1 o'clock on Sunday we're going to go over the important events, stock up, stock down, who didn't play, who may get cut, key takeaways, stuff like that, and that will wrap up today's show. So I'm going to chronologically, the notes that I took down, um, kind of like I did with Yankee recaps, but obviously there's going to be a little more to take away from it. And as you know, going to the Yankee recap and stuff like that, I'll try to get back on track with the Atlanta series uh, in terms of recaps, videos, and stuff like that. So, in the first quarter, as I said, these are just notes. Giants failed to convert on third down after some good short yardage runs. Devontae Booker was the, uh, in that game, he was the first team back. Like, you know, I know it was the second strings, but, you know, he was the starting running back of that game with Mike Lennon and the second team offensive line. We'll talk about that towards the end, but uh, he had a couple of nice runs. They started out with a CJ board end around. Then I think they were one yard short of the marker. Devontae Booker pushed it through. They made some nice short passes, check downs, and then they failed to convert on third down. Um, It was not long enough for Santoso or Graham Gano to get the field goal through, so they punted. And uh, Cam Brown stood out on special teams. The first tackle he made was on that punt. Uh, to try to prevent it from actually a big gain. I think he had a, I think it was uh, Demetric Felton who actually had the return, and he was going up the left sideline, but he made a shoestring kind of tackle, and Demetric Felton was down. But, you know, we may not like Cam Brown as a starting linebacker, but if he provides special teams depth and, you know, has the ability to play on special teams and beats others at the special teams game, well, Joe Judge is going to like him and want him to, you know, stay on the roster. Um, on the first drive, it was kind of like the thing most of the game, unfortunately. The Giants allowed a total of 163 yards on the ground with 25 carries from the Browns, which was 6.5 yards per carry. Um, a lot of undisciplined football in terms of giving up the edge. You know, Dearness Johnson, he tried running to the right, then cut back to the left, and nobody was there. Um, you know... We could all say that X-Man had a good game in terms of, you know, getting to the quarterback, beating James Hudson, and all these other guys, but we can totally see now why he does not play on running downs, because he cannot set the edge, he cannot defend the run really, and I don't know at this point in the game that the Giants are going to work with him on that. I don't know that, because he's in what, his third season... He's in a second regime, and with that being said, regime meaning coaching staff in this case, 
And with that being said, he was out a lot last year, and there's a lot of depth that is at uh, outside linebacker and inside linebacker. So you could possibly put a guy like Carter Coughlin on the edge. Trent Harris has looked really good throughout camp. Um, you could put some other guys there. Maybe Lorenzo Carter does better in the run game. Aziz Ojolari. There are guys there. Now, obviously, some outside linebackers did not play well. We'll talk about that. Just linebackers in general did not play well in this game, which means that Oshin Zimenez could jump those guys. We'll talk about it, though. Um, but they did give up 46 rushing yards, I believe, on the drive. And uh, Madre Harper, he did make a nice play on, uh, I forget who the receiver was. I think it was Kadero Hodge or somebody towards the back of the end zone to the left. He made a nice pass breakup. But the next play, he got, uh, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say beat, but it was good ball placement by Case Keenum. And Kadero Hodge caught the touchdown. It was 7 nothing from there. I like the way they came back because a lot of these games last year where it was just, oh, they rushed for a touchdown, Giants would not do anything. Um, even though we're talking about preseason here, they did make a nice comeback down the field, runs, passes, stuff like that. Uh, Glennon threw a nice pass to Rice and John. We'll talk about Rice and John more towards the end. He got injured in this game, unfortunately. CJ Board had a uh, good reception for, I think, 12 yards to move the sticks close to the goal line. Devontae Booker, nice runs again. He ended up running it in for the touchdown. Um, on the ensuing drive, which was in the second quarter, this is not the first quarter anymore, the Browns had an extensive drive into the end zone, but it ends near the goal line. Um, that was intercepted by Quincy Wilson. Good job for him. Maybe he slides in as corner depth. I know he's been intercepting a lot of balls in practices, whether it be with the ones, twos, threes, whatever, um, it's going to show up definitely, and maybe Joe Judge thinks it's a tough decision to whether to keep him or release him, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, we're obviously not there, but he did make a nice play there, uh, one of the mistakes that he did make, though, was not kneeling into the end zone, I know he was excited and wanted to take it out, see how far he could turn it, but uh, you would have gotten an extra eight-ish yards, six-ish yards, just kneeling it down. But once again, you know, I'm not going to discredit him for the interception. Um, with that being said, Devontae Downs missed an open field tackle uh, against Demetric Felton. I mean, this is this is kind of the thing with Devontae Downs. He doesn't really show much on the field. Apparently, he's a special teams guy. I'm not a special teams guy myself, but I don't know the value he brings, honestly. I just think he should be cut you know I don't have anything against the guy but he doesn't bring any value to this team he doesn't with the depth growing and growing at inside and outside linebacker what's the use right um then Tred Harris once again as I talked about earlier he made a nice play or a couple of nice plays setting the edge and on that big run by Dearness Johnson or it was somebody else who had a similar cutback to the left uh Trent Harris with a great tackle I mean, if it wasn't for Trent Harris making the play, that would have been a first down and many, many more. But uh, Trent Harris, I thought he played well on Sunday. Um, also, extending the drive, uh, Carter Coughlin got a pass interference penalty. When I first looked at him, like, how is this pass interference? He's making a play on the football. But he wasn't looking towards the football, and he was kind of pushing, I think it was Jordan Franks or Connor Davis, and... Just not great. Um, he was okay in coverage. He did have a sack again. So 
he's definitely making a case to be inside and outside linebacker. Definitely versatile. Definitely for depth reasons. And, you know, I like Carter Coughlin. I always did. Never knocked on the guy. And he's getting better as the day goes on. You know, he we always knew that he was a, uh, you know, a good rusher or a decent rusher. Now in the run game, he's making tackles. That adds to his game, adds to the versatility, adds to what he brings to the New York Giants. Um, with that being said, as the game went on in the second quarter and the third quarter as well, pressure started heating up on Case Keenum and Kyle Oletta. Uh, some guys that got to him, at least with quarterback hits, David Moa, Raymond Johnson, Trent Harris, O'Shane Zimenez, Afedio Denigbo got a couple of them, but wasn't really too noticeable. I mean, uh, he's been mech in this preseason action that he's getting, you know, uh, for lack of better words. I know I'm not speaking total English, but he really has not shown a lot. And, you know, we could all make the excuse last year he was the number one rusher in Minnesota, but here he's not. You know, it's a rotational system. We'll see what happens with Odenigbo. Um, those were all actually on the drive that Quincy Wilson got the interception. So once again, there. Um, Cam Brown, two nice special teams tackles that, you know, were in the first and second quarter. Uh both on punts, so once again, nice play by him. Carter Coughlin got a third down sack on Case Keenum. I thought that B.J. Hill was going to get credited half for it, but obviously all of it went to Carter Coughlin. On a nine-yard run, which was kind of a drive killer since the Giants, I don't think, scored the rest of the half, uh, they got a holding penalty on Rice and John, and I'll kind of preview this now and then when we go to stock up stock down we'll talk about it a little more he is kind of like an ingram guy he can't block but he can receive you know he can catch passes which is really something that cannot totally be tolerated at the tight end position you know if you're a wide receiver you could get better at that and i think he's a converted wide receiver tight end that was going back to last year's camp but if you can't block, that's not going to help your spot on the roster. And especially for the fact they got a couple of guys ahead of him. Caden Smith uh, possibly is the three tight end with if Rudolph comes back in time, in which he's shown some signs of health, being that he was practicing with Daniel Jones before the game. So, you know, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Maybe he takes up the next level and the revamp process and... I just want him ready for week one. I don't care if he plays in week three. You know, you could say, oh, well, he doesn't know the offense. I just want him ready for week one. And obviously we'll discuss probably at the latter end of the week, which will probably be Friday, about the starters playing and my thoughts on that. I'll probably try to get a Patriots content creator on. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, continuing with the recap the Giants placed plenty of pressure on Loletta once again. Uh, that was kind of my notes from before. David Moa, Raymond Johnson, Trent Harris, Shane Zimenez, all those guys. And then to end the second quarter, to end the half, Kyle Loletta was pressured, forced out of the pocket, and David Moa slaps it out as he goes to the ground. And obviously it was a fumble recovery for the Browns, 
but it was with no time left, so they could not do anything with that, and that was pretty much the end of the half. Third quarter, Devontae Downs forces a fumble on Jordan Franks, but it's ruled on the field as incomplete. I don't like Devontae Downs as a player. I don't know why, and this is, you know, I guess game managing skills. This is my opinion. A lot of people have not talked about this. I would have challenged that because it looked like Franks caught it, made a football move, and then Devontae Downs, and shame on the refs. I'm not saying they cost us the game because that's nowhere near the situation that it was, but why are you ruling it down? Why are you ruling it down from there? You know, let it play out. We've seen this multiple times in the NFL where there's an actual forced fumble and the ref says, nope, incomplete. I mean, doesn't make a lot of sense. That definitely would have helped the cause on the stat sheet if Devontae Downs would have forced that fumble, in which it was a forced fumble. Once again, he made the football move, but Joe Judge didn't challenge it. I would have challenged it, definitely. Um, I just think that it should have been challenged. Now, I'm not saying, oh, waste the timeout, this, that, and the other thing. Because we don't know if the refs would have stuck with the ruling on the field. I just don't like that they didn't challenge it. And that would have given them another offensive opportunity. And it's not like the offense has been perfect over the last two weeks. They haven't. Approximately about, let's see, 7 plus 13 equals 20, which is 10 points a game. That's not necessarily good. Whether you're playing your starters, whether you're playing your backups, this, that, and the other thing. Just my opinion, at least. Um, The Giants gave up a long drive, and this was actually after the Devontae Downs forced fumble. So it could have helped them on that basis as well. Giants gave up a long drive and a touchdown run to John Kelly. Once again, the problem of no tackling or not proper tackling, setting the edge, Radarius Williams was picked on a few times, but it wasn't major. You know, Madre Harper was getting picked on in the first quarter. He left with, I think, a groin injury. So we'll discuss that more at the end. But, um, you know, setting the edge, that's going to be a huge test in terms of the depth. But my point in this is you need to make the roster. You need to make the roster and stand out from other players. The only player, in terms of the run game, now obviously there were separate plays and stuff like that, the maybe two players that stood out to me in the run game, other than Carter Coughlin, were Trent Harris and David Moa. Occasionally tackling off the edge and stuff like that. And he, Moa even himself had a missed tackle. It was on that big, I think it was a John Kelly run, where Devontae Downs missed the tackle. Uh, friggin' Ryan Anderson missed the tackle. Sam Beal missed the tackle. David Moa missed the tackle. That was the worst or one of the worst plays that I've seen in terms of the preseason of the last year, obviously within these two games, is, you know, Joe Judge teaches, you gotta tackle effective. And if these guys are not gonna tackle effective, what's their place on the roster? I'm not going to harp on it too much for guys like David Moa because he's impressed me at least, within the first two preseason games. But the other guys, Ryan Anderson, like, this is your first game back. And what did you show? Honestly, and I want this guy to make the roster, but after Sunday, I'm like, this guy ain't going to make it. Sam Beal, I mean, if you got to make the roster, and obviously there was that one reception, I forget who was the receiver. I think it was Davian Davis, maybe. You know, obviously Sam Beal seeing ghosts. And I forget the quarter this was in. I think this was the latter part of the third or fourth quarter. 
you know, Sam Beal just tries to go up for it, and he blatantly misses it, and it's a reception. Sam Beal was picked on multiple times, and he just was not making plays. And you could say, oh, well, it's zone defense, it's man, whatever. I don't care what the situation is. Sam Beal is a long shot to make this roster, and I think he knows that. And if he knows that, he better be making a better effort, or else, well, goodbye with that one. Wasted third-round supplemental pick on that one. Not great coverage on, I think it was the ensuing kickoff after the touchdown, because it was 14-7 to at the end of the third quarter. And it was not great coverage on the kickoff. Matt Cole, who was returning, had like a 13-yard return. Not great. Not great by the kickoff return unit. And unfortunately, Quincy Wilson was injured with cramps on that. So obviously not great. Um, Hopefully it's nothing too serious with Quincy Wilson because who knows? He could make the roster with the versatility of playing safety and corner. But also we have some guys who could learn into that position. Um, In terms of the fourth quarter, which is the final quarter at least, uh, the Giants failed to get going. And we'll talk about Lewerke more towards the end. But uh, Lewerke missed Pettis on a, I think it was a vertical route going downfield. There was some sort of quick route. I'm not, you know, I'm not a routes guy. But uh, he was pressured in the face. And he just threw it. And Pettis is like, you know, that's the timing you got to work on in practice. That's the timing you got to work on in practice. And it shows because Brian Lewerke was only in camp for a couple of days. So... Obviously, you know, the timing wasn't there and stuff like that, but we'll talk about Lewerke more towards the end. The Giants go down the field on a later drive, and what happens is Davis Sills catches a touchdown. Um, despite the P.I. and the face mask, which Robert Jackson was a penalty machine for the Cleveland Browns, uh, he actually grabbed the face mask of David Sills on the two-point conversion, and he uh, interfered with him trying to catch the pass, Despite that stuff, which was the first play, and obviously they made it to the half-yard marker, um, Giants could not complete it. The play call wasn't necessarily great either. And the assignments and stuff like that, I don't know who it's on, but I would probably blame Rice and John and Jason Garrett because, you know, I would have just ran it up the middle, and I get there was like seven defensive linemen. That's overreacting. But I get there was a lot of defensive linemen there. Just shoot up like Devontae Booker did. Um, you know, if any linebacker catches you, at least you made the effort. But, you know, just to the right side, and then you get tackled. It's just, I don't know who it's on there, but that's a crucial mistake that cannot be made in the regular season if the game is on the line. Now, did it show for much? I'm going to say no. In the case that we still lost by four points, which would have been two points with the two-point conversion so we still would have lost either way but I think things would have been made a little bit easier because instead of going for a touchdown on the final drive we would have went for a field goal maybe conserved a couple of timeouts stuff like that um so with that being said the Browns were pushed back on one of the later defensive drives I think this was uh the final defensive drive for the Giants the Browns uh, you know, were pushed back due to an illegal man downfield, and then this is where the missed tackles happen. Check down to John Kelly to the left side. Missed tackles by Moa, Beal Downs, and Anderson. Like, Moa, obviously, we can critique stuff like that, whatever. 
But the three other guys, you know, you're making the roster. You're trying to make the roster at least. And you don't make those tackles. What can I say? What can I say about that, honestly? Uh, just not good. Because if you're not tackling effectively, I don't know how you make a Joe Judge roster. That's just my opinion. Um, on the final drive, this is where we're going to get, you know, the final stuff in and whatever. David Sills, I like the guy. I think he definitely could make the roster, but you cannot get a penalty on the final drive when they need you most. Now, if he would have tried to draw a pass interference penalty, things would have changed, whatever. But he pushed off on the defensive back, and that's pass interference offensively, which isn't good, which backed him up about a good 10 yards, I want to say. Third down and 19, they make it. They throw it to Rice and John. He gets hurt, I think, two plays later uh, with a non-contact injury. They really haven't revealed anything yet. So we'll talk about that probably a little later on. Um, with that being said, what I didn't like on that final drive, but just to kind of recap it off, uh, Brian LeWork tossed an interception on the final play to Richard LeCount. It was deflected and LeCount caught it. And it was towards the back of the end zone. So I obviously kneeled it. Stuff like that. Game was over from there. But the thing I didn't like. And obviously this will go a little bit in my stock up, stock down. Is two things. The check downs that were taken. I understand there was a lot of deep routes. And that they didn't necessarily you know, have any options. Because some of the receivers were covered downfield. But also... As Carl Banks said, you have to make an impact. You know, if you're a receiver wanting to make this roster, you have to try to beat somebody on the outside or an inside vertical route. But I didn't like the fact that there were so many checkdowns. And, you know, why do you have a problem with checkdowns? Well, the problem is, is that he was, we had one timeout, I believe. And most of them were to Gary Brightwell. I think it was three checkdowns in total. There was one reception to Rice and John where he didn't get out of bounds and we had to rush things. But it was the checkdowns. Once again, you could also say, well, the receivers were not beating the corners on vertical routes. But also, I just didn't... This is me. Nobody's talking about it, but this is me. This is my opinion. Obviously, nobody's going to talk about my opinion. I didn't like the way Gary Brightwell displayed effort in terms of one-minute offense, two-minute offense. I just didn't. Because once he made the reception, he just threw the ball to the ref and walked back. When your team has less than a minute to go with one timeout. And that timeout was wasted on a sack, mind you. And also, I forgot to mention, uh, I don't know how I missed this, but Kyle Oletta was sacked, quote, sacked, on a play where he could have gotten out of the pocket and threw it downfield, but they ruled him down, which was stupid. I'm going to say it from a Giants fan perspective, unbiased, uh... But he should have not been sacked, but he was sacked, I think, by Ryan Anderson. Once again, quote, sack. Ryan Anderson and Raymond Johnson. Raymond Johnson did a lot of good stuff um, in terms of getting to the quarterback. Once again, he could make the roster, the practice squad, whatever. But, um, you know, that was one play that just stood out to me. I forgot to mention it, but uh, we'll talk about it more in the stock up, stock down. But I don't know. I just didn't like what I saw from Gary Brightwell this game. Uh, once again, that one run near the end zone for the two-point conversion, that's obviously not totally his fault, 
but I didn't see a lot, really. I didn't see a lot, and I understand, well, you know, he's been uh, getting ramped up, revamped, whatever you want to call it. Joe Judge obviously has a specific term for it. I just didn't see a lot. And the fact that you're not running and giving the ball to the ref and running and trying to, you know, say, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm not asking you to be a leader. I'm not asking you to do this, that, or the other thing, but show the effort. You know, that's just one thing. I may be wrong. I'm not a guy to really question somebody's heart of the game. But in that situation, I don't care if it's preseason or not. And from Brightwell's perspective, there's been sixth-round picks cut before. There's been fifth-round picks, seventh-round picks cut before. There's been third-round picks cut before. Uh, the guy they had for the Jets uh, two years ago, Jachai Paliti, as I call him, but, it's real name, his, but his real name is Jachai Palay. He had terrible attitude issues. They cut him. They cut him, I think, after the preseason. So, in terms of that, like, you're trying to make a roster spot, and your effort is just like, eh. That's just something I don't understand. And once again, this is my opinion, this is what I saw, maybe other people saw different. But that's just me. Sorry, that's just me. Um, Stock up, stock down. Let's go to that. Uh, Devontae Booker. Obviously had a better game than Corey Clement, and a better game than last week. Six rushes, 27 yards, a touchdown, and 4.5 yards per carry. Clement did well, um, did decently, so not really uh, going down in stock, but he's still providing some explosiveness in the running game. You know, Booker's more of that patient guy. Clement's kind of like, hey, listen, I need to get through the hole. Nine rushes, 30 yards, and 3.3 yards per carry. Mike Lennon, he did pretty good uh, compared to last week, who was three of seven. He went 10 for 13 with 86 yards. So obviously better there. Raymond Johnson had half a sack, a tackle for a loss, and three tackles, probably like two quarterback hits. David Moa, one forced fumble, six tackles, and a couple of pressures. Trent Harris... He obviously got in there, forcing the pressure on blitzes, three tackles, one tackle for a loss. Eli Penny, I thought he did well on the two runs that he was given, eight yards per carry, two rushes, 16 yards, and one reception for nine yards. O'Shane Zimenez, once again, other than the stuff in the running game, he had a pretty good game, three quarterback hits, one sack, and two tackles. He's big in that category of quarterback hits. Uh, Cam Brown, two special teams tackles. Obviously, that's where he shines. And I wouldn't take away from him in any other category just to say, well, this guy's trash, whatever. But my main point is, is that, you know, special teams gunner is a linebacker. That could possibly be what his role is week one. We'll see. Rice and John, other than the fact that his blocking wasn't so good and he had a holding penalty, he had three receptions for 58 yards, which could possibly impress the coaching staff as far as receiving standpoint. But they definitely, and once again, that fourth tight end. Now, we don't know if they're keeping four or three tight ends. For all we know, they could keep two tight ends, but that's probably not going to be the thing. You know, that fourth tight end, if there was ever a possible opening, that would have went to Levine Toilolo. Now, Toilolo was not a receiving tight end. He's not Kyle Rudolph, but he was a blocking tight end. He was a blocking tight end, and Rice and John... I happen to like the guy, but if he can't block, I don't know that you're going to make the roster. Practice squad is a different story. They can work with you and stuff like that on drills and whatever. But my main point is, you know, for a position that needs blocking and that needs you to be at least decent at blocking, 
I don't know what to say, but you just have to get better at blocking. But once again, I'll credit him for the three receptions, 58 yards. Quincy Wilson with an interception. That's obviously where that goes, and obviously left the game with cramps. Hopefully he's doing well. Linebacker Carter Coughlin, he had one PI penalty, but was pretty good. One sack, four tackles, one tackle for a loss. Let's go into stock down. Cornerback Sam Beal picked on multiple times, missed multiple tackles, and even that one play where he just leaped up, tried to catch it, and I think Davian Davis caught it. Just bad timing. Maybe he was seeing ghosts, but just really hasn't made an impact, you know? And, you know, people were saying, oh, Sam Beal's giving good coverage. Where was he giving good coverage? Even in zone where that benefits bad corners. And we know what Patrick Graham likes to do. He likes to give the benefit and, you know, work to the corner's strengths. Which he probably did with Sam Beal, Madre Harper, and Radarius Williams, despite them being picked on. Um, in terms of that, what coverage and what skills did Sam Beal display? I didn't see anything, really. Uh, Devontae Downs. Just hasn't impressed me at all in the two years almost that he's been with the Giants. Has not impressed me. Uh, missed tackles last year. Barely, uh, you know, not really existing in the running game. Doesn't really have any value on this roster in my opinion. And I think he should be one of them guys that gets cut on Tuesday or by Tuesday. We'll see what happens. It could, you know, possibly be something with an injury uh, maybe they revert this guy or that guy to IR, take away their roster spot, bring a couple of guys on. We'll see what happens. That will be in another segment. But Devontae Downs, especially for the game he had, not really impressive. I definitely would root for him on the field, but I wouldn't be mad or sad if he gets cut within the next few weeks. Just saying. And I obviously kind of questioned last year, why are we keeping this guy? And once again, we had no preseason games, so I kind of had to trust the coaches. But once the season began and we saw what his flaws were, well, obviously, you know, we figured it out from there. Madre Harper um, just wasn't really great at the corner spot. He was probably the number one corner on the field. A couple of plays just weren't great. And um, the groin injury is definitely not going to help. This was kind of the last chance, as Carl Banks put it, to make the roster for some of these guys that are on the bubble, like Madre Harper and some of the other guys, but a groin injury definitely doesn't help. It doesn't, because you either get reverted to IR, or you get cut with an injury designation, something like that, but uh, I don't know, I just didn't see a lot in Madre Harper to make this roster. Uh, The next guy, Chris Johnson, he got injured, but came back on the field, just didn't really display a lot of skills. In terms of coverage, like there was one play where Darius Williams, it seemed like he was getting picked on, but Chris Johnson was way too far away from the receiver. Um, and obviously, that was a reception allowed on him. And he just really hasn't ex- displayed anything for the Giants within the last two weeks. Um, they have plenty of depth to that position, even if you're going into the regular season. Your two starters are probably, and you can't even say really starters because you could rotate a lot of guys Julian Love, Xavier McKinney. Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, that's your starting safety duo, unless they decide at the last minute we need to bring Nate Ebner back, which I don't think they should do, but once again, I'm not a coach, this, that, and the other thing, but they have enough depth at the safety position, I think they could just say, hey, Chris Johnson, you know, we saw enough out of you, good night, you know, have a good career. 
Then Alex Bachman. He had one reception for six yards, but there was one pass along the sideline that he couldn't hold on to, which obviously it happens. Then he also had another drop. You know, within the first two preseason games, I really haven't seen much out of him. And he was big in camp last year. He was big in camp to start this year, but I really haven't seen much out of him. You know, there's a lot of receivers that would definitely beat him in my head right now. C.J. Boyd would beat him. David Sills would beat him. John Ross would beat him. Darius Slayton would beat him. Maybe Dante Pettis. That's debatable. But, um, you know, those are uh, those are pretty much my guys that would beat Alex Bachman for a spot right now. Um, also, to add to stock up, I was teeter-tottering it between stock up or teeter-tottering, which is kind of like the middle between stock up and stock down. I'll put David Sills on the stock up. I mean, he had three receptions for 31 yards, and he had that 50-50 ball in the end zone for a touchdown and also drew a pass interference penalty um, in the end zone on that two-point conversion. But also, he had the offensive pass interference. But with all that being said, he created a nice impact, and he continues to impress in camp and preseason games. He goes to stock up. And let's go to teeter-tottering, which I have about three to four candidates for. Uh, David Sills, obviously, once again, I said was stock up. Gary Brightwell. I said this probably in the fourth quarter segment. Three rushes for seven yards, three receptions for 12 yards. I didn't see a lot out of him. And I usually like to give some of these guys chances. You know, I gave Corey Ballantine a chance a few years ago. I did that. Um, Obviously, last year, no preseason. Within the first couple of weeks, I gave Carter Coughlin a chance, all these other guys. I didn't see anything out of Gary Brightwell. I didn't. Honestly, I'm going to speak truth here, heart-to-heart talk. You get the facts, you get the honesty on this podcast and on this channel. But I didn't see anything out of Gary Brightwell. Um, Maybe he should have tried harder. Maybe he should have done this, that, and the other thing. That's not for me to question. But as of right now, the running backs in that room, there's a pretty large number of them. And a lot of people are saying, oh, we don't have running back depth. Yes, we do. Stop talking out of your ass. But as of right now, I'm sorry to say this. I'm going to say it. He is the last running back in that room to make the roster. I think Sandra Platzcomer, excuse me, makes it over him if that was the situation. Corey Clement, definitely. Saquon Barkley, obviously. Devontae Booker, obviously. Didn't show me much. And I don't know what he's been doing in camp. Stuff like that. But with that being said, if this was the game to show anything and possibly make the roster and obviously practice squad and waiver wire is debatable for Mr. Brightwell. But if you had to show something, you had to show it in this game. Didn't see a lot. Now, obviously, he had some time on special teams. But once again, didn't see a lot. The next guy, CJ Board, he did muff a punt. He had a reception for 12 yards and a rush for 9 yards. So that's kind of where um, he's teeter-tottering. Obviously, the good rush, obviously, the good reception. But in the first game, he did well on kickoff returns, CJ Board. He didn't really return any kicks, at least from what I remember. I think it was just Matt Cole. Um, if I'll check real quickly, I think it was just Matt Cole who returned kicks. Um, he muffed the punt, which obviously wasn't good for him. If you're trying to make a roster spot on special teams, whatever, obviously, he's a decent receiver. I always like the guy as a decent receiver, as a backup receiver. But. If you muff a punt, and even if you recover it, that's not good. 
that's not good if you're a Joe Judge guy or if you're on a Joe Judge team, whatever. It's not good. Uh, in terms of kick returns, yeah, he didn't return a kick. All of them were waved off, touchback, this, that, and the other thing. So, obviously, it was a teeter-totter day for Mr. Board, and we'll see what happens next week. Maybe he does kick off returns, something like that. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how much the Stars play next week, but that's all for the preview on Friday. The second tier online, this is why I say teeter-tottering. Um, obviously, last week they did horribly. This week was better, but towards the end they were sloppy. In terms of blocking, a little bit towards the end, and also, uh, you know, in terms of run blocking, and also in terms of pass blocking. Because towards the end of the game, you saw the pressure ramp up on the work, and they had to waste the timeout in the final seconds because he got sacked. Now, obviously, Lewerke, did he have, you know, great pocket presence? Of course not. You know, this is a spring league football guy. This ain't a guy that's been in this league for 10 years. Of course not. But you have to do the best to protect them, and especially with the fact that the Giants are very thin at the inside uh, offensive line positions, for lack of better words. Interior line, guard, tackle, this, that, and the other thing. Nate Solder hasn't played. We'll see if he plays against New England. There's a lot of questions there. But my point is, is this, you know, teeter-tottering. Jonathan Harrison in the first half, he looked pretty good. I would have to watch the second half over again. I don't have game pass. Um, I'll probably get it at some point this season, kind of like I did last year. But towards the end of the game, they were sloppy. And I, th- I would say that for the Giants just in total. Though they had the touchdown by David Sills and they did some things properly, you know, obviously they didn't fix anything from the run game, only on certain snaps. And the offensive line just looked a little sloppier in the second half. Just my opinion. Um, and then Brian LaWork. Did better than Clayton Torson. Obviously, I couldn't expect much out of him. I'm not going to put him on stock up because uh, he did have some bad plays. And once again, I'm not going to overreact because your third string QB is not necessarily the greatest all the time. It's usually like an undrafted guy, this guy, that guy, the other guy, whatever. But he went 11 for 19 with 108 yards and a touchdown interception. He got sacked twice. So that's pretty much the stock up, stock down. Here's who didn't play. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kyle Rudolph, obviously the PUP list. John Ross, still dealing with an injury. Kadarius Toney, Will Hernandez, Nick Gates, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, Matt Parrott, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Caden Smith, Nate Solder, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Zizo Jalari, Lorenzo Carter, uh, James Radbury, Jabril Peppard, Logan Ryan, Adoree Jackson, Montre Hartage, Allerson Smith, Cola Catini, Austin Mack, Aaron Robinson, Sandra Platzcomer, Danny Shelton, Josh Jackson, Tate Crowder, and Keon Crossan. Now, if I'm wrong on one of those, please, by all means, correct me. Um, let's go to the players to possibly cut. I definitely have an extensive list for this one. At least that I would think is extensive. Now, there are players that they could make roster spots by reverting them to IR. Rice and John, for all we know, could be on that list. Um, that's a possibility. I don't have him on my list now, but if his non-contact injury is serious, then that's definitely a possibility. If it's like an ACL or this, that, and the other thing, if it's an extensive injury, they're going to say, you know what? There's no worth just saving a spot for you. We're going to put you on IR. You'll be done for the season, whatever. And you go from there. But 
Let's move on to the players that I could possibly select to cut or possibly the Giants may cut by Tuesday. Uh, Montre Hartage. Now, he's been injured a little bit. He's been working with the trainers and stuff like that. With that being said, he's been with the team for about a year now, approximately. He was brought in last year because Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator for a year in Miami, and he was in Miami, and he played corner and free safety, so he's a DB, versatile kind of guy. But he's been with them for a year, and they have enough depth at both positions to say, hey, listen, you know, we know you're injured, but you've been with us. Uh, it's time to say goodbye. Nice having you. Whatever. So I think he's a possible guy that gets cut on Tuesday or by Tuesday. Chris Johnson obviously hasn't shown much within the first two preseason games. And I think they could just say, hey, listen, you know, we have enough safety depth. Good night. Goodbye. Maybe we'll bring you back on the practice squad. Sam Beal. I mean, what can we say for this guy? We've been really saying, when is this guy going to get cut? You know, when is this guy going to run out of roster chances? You know, it's kind of like nine lives with this guy. But um, they could say, listen, your coverage skills aren't good. This and the other thing, we have a lot of depth there. They do have a lot of depth there. And even with the crossing trade, uh, people questioning, oh, we just going to play special teams. I think he's possibly a better corner statistically. Now, obviously, you haven't watched a film and stuff like that. But statistically, statistically, in the last year, he's better than Sam Beal. And Sam Beal missed, like, what, 26 out of the first 32 games of his career? That's not good. He played only, like, six down the stretch of 2019. And he wasn't really good there. Now, obviously, you could factor in James Betcher wasn't a good D coordinator, this and the other thing. Definitely possible to make that case. But you have to stand out. And sure, you know, it was obviously his decision to opt out last year. But the injuries and the amount of value they put into this guy and the amount of confidence they put into this guy hasn't shown in the player. And obviously, he's not worth the value that he was selected with. So I'm pretty much just done with him. I've been done with him. But uh, in terms of the Giants' sake, I think they would feel on the same page too. Now, they could give him a chance going into New England next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be really interesting in terms of that aspect. Uh, Devontae Downs hasn't shown anything in the last one to two years, but the Giants mainly a special teams guy if he even provides that. Um, missed tackles, not really great in the run game, not great in pass coverage, and it really shows. Like You could kind of cover that if you're Patrick Graham. Like, they did it with Yadam last year. He wasn't great in certain things. Um, a lot of people, including myself, made him worse than he was made out to be but you know at least Yadam played better at his position than Devontae Downs did Devontae Downs was I think a starter week one which he shouldn't have been which by all means he should not have been in my personal opinion and a lot of the flaws showed within the first few weeks that's why they wrote they rotated Tay Crowder in there David Mayo all these sorts of guys so Devontae Downs I don't know what value he brings to the team, but he's definitely a guy that could be cut by Tuesday. The next guy, Madre Harper, obviously exited with a groin injury. Um, in that case, that's not going to help his roster spot. They could possibly revert him to IR and make another roster spot for somebody else without cutting him. They could make an injury designation. There's a lot of things they could do with the fact he has an injury. How extensive is the injury? We don't know because we're only a day after the preseason game. And he hasn't displayed good coverage uh, abilities, really, within the first two games. Now, you could say, oh, he's made plays on the ball, stuff like that. But, but the Giants, once again, have enough corner depth. They have great corner depth. Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson when he comes back, uh, Josh Jackson, Keon Crossan, Bradbury, and Adore Jackson when they start. 
So I think his spot is gone. He could possibly make the practice squad. That's definitely a possibility at the end of the preseason. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe another team checks in on him. We'll see what happens. But um, in terms of that, he could definitely get cut. And I was kind of against putting this guy on the list as a possible guy to cut. Gary Brightwell. Now, a lot of the starters are going to be playing for at least a half next week. Possibly. Maybe a quarter Something like that, but it's definitely going to be at least a quarter. Um, and then the second half will probably be geared towards the guys that need to make the roster and stuff like that. But the first two weeks was the opportunity for these guys to kind of show out. Madre Harper, Sandra Platzgummer, Devontae Downs, Sam Beal, Gary Brightwell. Brightwell didn't show anything against the Browns. I'm sorry. Um... You know, once again, I'll always exclude that one play at the goal line. But sure, could he be a good check down receiver? I'm not saying that he can't be. But the effort just to get back at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, he didn't really show me much in the run game. He was 3 for 7. That's not good. That's just about 2 point something yards per carry. Not good once again. Um, That's pretty much it for the players to possibly cut. And let's go into... The final topic. So for the final two topics, we'll do two, one at the end, and obviously one now. Key takeaways and then the snap counts. Uh, key takeaways, Matt Cole played wide receiver, special teams, and cornerback. Obviously big for him, knowing the versatility and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm surprised he played corner. I'm like, is that Matt Cole at cornerback? Obviously, 83 looks weird at corner, and I didn't know they were doing that. But for Giants fans who know, who does that? That's... Bill Belichick's thing. Obviously, two years ago, when Alonzo Russell beat that one guy, that one defensive back, that was Gunnar Olszewski. He was a kick returner, and he was a wide receiver. He wasn't a cornerback. I think he played cornerback in college. It's kind of like Matt Cole. But, um, you know, that's something that Bill Belichick does, and maybe it shows versatility for Cole enough for him to be on the practice squad. So we'll see. The second-tier O-line looked better, but the Giants should still search for depth. Ted Larson had a few bad snaps, but other than that, he was good. Better than Kenny Wiggins last week. Wiggins wasn't necessarily noticeable. Um, Barton wasn't necessarily noticeable. Same thing with Chad Slade. Uh, Jake Burton got a few snaps. Brett Hedgie got a few snaps. And uh, Jonathan Harrison looked the best out of all of them. So, obviously, the backup center position looks kind of secure for him. We'll see what happens. Um... With that being said, the backup QBs look better. Glennon looked better. Lewerke looked better than Torson last week, so obviously that's a key takeaway. When nooks and crannies, David Sills is still relevant. Um, definitely, he's done a great job in camp so far. In the preseason games, he's definitely shown out to make plays. Uh, backup running backs, Clement and Booker, definitely look good. Booker better than last week. Clement, obviously a little more down than last week, but I'm not going to discredit him there. The Giants gave up a lot of the edge in the run game. They allowed a total of 163 yards on 25 carries, which is equivalent to 6.5 yards per carry. Not good. And in terms of D-line depth, that's going to play a factor. You know, who can stand out in the running game? Because obviously Danny Shelton is going to make the roster. Uh, Austin Johnson will factor in and stuff like that. But for those back-end guys, maybe when, if, and I'm saying if, I'm not really trying to make it happen here, if... Austin Johnson, Dexter Lawrence, or uh, a missing one guy, Danny Shelton gets injured. 
Who's going to step in and fill that role? B.J. Hill, David Moa? They have to stand out in the running game. They have to. And if they don't, well, we're pretty much shit out of luck in terms of the back end of the defensive line depth. We'll see, though. Uh, pressure got to Keenum Loletta in the middle of the game. They also got to them a little bit late in the game, but it was more towards the middle of the game where Graham was sending blitzes and stuff like that. Zimenez was getting to him. Moa, Johnson, Trent Harris, some other guys. And once again, that's something you like to see because that's a position where the Giants need to get better at this season. Obviously, they found a good defensive interior in Leonard Williams, but the outside linebacker position needs more production this season. Lorenzo Carter and all those other guys. When they start, uh, Shane Zimenez failed to defend the edge, but he stood out against James Hudson. Obviously, once again, that's why he's on passing downs and not running downs. And then despite the PI penalty, Carter Coughlin looked good at inside linebacker. Um, Ralph Vacayano was up and down, and a lot of people were up and down. In terms of the beat media, we're up and down. Oh, Carter should just play edge. Oh, he shows versatility at inside linebacker. How about you just stick to your story and not change it for the sake of your stupid-ass narrative? Now, obviously, once again, this guy is growing at inside linebacker. He does some things well. He doesn't do something as well. This ain't his fifth year at inside linebacker. This is not his fifth year. This is his first year at inside linebacker. Is he going to start? No. So why are we worrying about, oh, the growth aspect, you know, like it's going to be a big impact, like he's going to start week one. So please, let's let's not overreact, people. But with that being said, guys, that pretty much concludes this episode of the podcast. If you guys haven't already, hit that like button, comment, subscribe to that notification button to get notified when live stream pops up your drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. As usual, obviously more podcast episodes to follow, roster bubble videos, Yankee videos. Um, definitely going to try to get one out on Friday, probably get a Patriots content creator on to kind of do a preview. Uh, just as a note for Friday, Cam Newton will probably not be in joint practices Maybe he might do the preseason game, but obviously there's protocols for stuff like that. I'm not going to go any further than that. Boys in the Big Apple tonight, a lot of NFL topics. Tune in, be there. See you guys. Peace out and uh, stay cool.